This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Damn these Biloxi Blues it happens every night Every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not the Summer heat never treats or a me virus. kind It leaves trouble Ooh. on my mind <coughs> So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No, not Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Low budget live, not so live from the low budget bar and frozen grill in Tennessee. It is um, it's too dang cold, man. I don't I don't like it at all. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning about it that lives up north that says. Uh, they hate where they live, too, because it was like negative eight. I said, well, you could drive south, but it's about 15 degrees at, uh, at the Traveling Circus headquarters this morning. I do not do well in the car. I can't even believe that this uh, bottle of water right here, out here in the shop, ain't even frozen. Can't, I, mean, I really can't. Everything else is, uh, is freezing up. This is the podcast for January the 24th, and welcome, you bunch of lowlifers. And if you're just joining for the first time and you're like, I don't know why this bearded idiot is calling me a lowlifer. Well, that's what the loyal, loyal listeners and viewers of this program refer to themselves as. So themselves. So welcome. Welcome aboard. If you're if you're here just taking a peek, 
If you're here because you're loyal, if you're here because you, you're just watching because you got to, you know, you got to watch to see what I'm doing so you can uh, criticize it or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. But, hey, I, I'm here for it. Get, get them numbers up. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, headed to Florida this week. Forget the cold. It may be cold down there. I don't know. It's got to be warmer than it is in Tennessee, but I'm going to be leaving a little bit later this week to head down for that Bass Masters Southern Open, first one of the year, and uh, really looking forward to that. So uh, be thinking about me. Be thinking about me. Be starting to, you know, hey, man, wish, wish you luck because I'm, I'm going to need it against that much. That Those fields just get tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. I keep seeing guys post on social media, I'm fixing to head to the Southern Open. I'm like, oh, God. I mean, some uh, stone-cold killers, and they're always super tough. I think this year could be right up there with some of the toughest fields they've ever had. A lot of BPT guys fishing, um, some new faces coming into them, some young guys, some veterans. I mean, it's just uh, they get ugly, especially that Southern Open Division. So I'm looking forward to going down there and mixing it up a little later this week. Hopefully – I'll be able to uh, breathe normal by then. This uh, this devil that's been in me for freaking, I don't know, man, over a week now. Um, just, I feel better today than I have in several days, but man, my breath, like I just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still not, I'm still not 100, but we're going to get there by the end of the week. I promise you. Got to say a quick thank you to the sponsors of this show. First and foremost, Startron, Starbright Solutions down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I've been seeing them, guys. They've been down in the Keys. I don't even know why I'm giving them a sponsor plug because I'm mad at them for enjoying themselves down in the Keys, even though they've invited me several times and I always have something going on. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Gregor with Startron. But uh, Startron kicking ethanol in the teeth in your outboard engine, in your vehicle, in your side-by-side, in your chainsaw, in your log splitter, in your weed eater. God forbid you're having to use one right now. I don't even want to go outside, let alone have to run a weed eater. Hopefully, you're not having to do that. But if you're storing it, you're going to want to drop a little dab of Startron in the tank to protect your investment. Ethanol will gum up the works. Startron takes care of that for you. You just drop it in, you walk off, you forget it. Startron bringing you low-budget life. Four years, y'all. Four, five Going on five, be five this August. Startron, we appreciate them very much. New this year to Low Budget Live. There's lots of new sponsored things going on in the fishing industry, and I'm going to talk about that just for a second before we get to our guest here in a minute. But Baitworks, the folks at Baitworks out in Springfield, Missouri, I got me a big fat order coming from those guys right now. And, yes, I did use my own code. You can use Duncan-10 at checkout. Duncan-10 at checkout. Get you a little bit of a discount. Show your love for Low Budget Live. If you're a fan, go support the show. They have a crazy, crazy, crazy selection of tackle. $50, um, you know, 50 50 bucks gets you free shipping there. The prices, uh, I had a, a friend of mine text me this week and and said, man, I can't believe how good their pricing is. Like, it's uh, it's it's absolutely out of this world. So get on there, check it out. Uh, I ordered uh, uh, several things for my Florida trip on there, but you can find anything. And if you can't find something on there that you want, shoot me a message, drop me a comment. 
they are trying to constantly evolve and build up their inventory. So, so let me know. Let the, let the old lowlifer himself know what you'd like to see at baitworks.com. Duncan-10. Go check it. All right, last but not least, hang the banner. We're getting back in this bad boy this week down in Flow Rider Express Boats, the official boat of Low Budget Live and the Traveling Circus, the X-21 Pro with the 250 Yamaha Show and the beautiful, beautiful sea deck. Sounds like some of them lakes down there in Florida are going to be a little bit low. Oh, no. Is that going to be a problem for you? Nope. Nope. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go beat and bang around down there in the old X-21. Interesting situation down at Toho. They actually have the lock closed going out of Toho. Supposed to open back up this Friday. If it doesn't, not really sure what bass will do in that situation. Uh, It's supposed to open back up on the 28th. But if you've ever been to Toho, obviously there's a lock at the at the southern end that takes you to Cyprus and Hall and then eventually down to Kissimmee. And uh, a lot of the events get won down there on Kissimmee. But unfortunately, from what I'm hearing, the water is high on Toho. The lock's been closed since before December, I believe. And all the other lakes below Toho are kind of being cut off from the water flow. So there's no, no flow whatsoever. They're doing some work on the canal. All the lakes down there are low. So not real sure how it's going to play out. Like I said, it's supposed to open up before official practice starts, but I think it was supposed to open up about three or four other times this winter as well. So I was talking to Josh Douglas, J. Dougie down there. He's He's been there for a couple of weeks in Florida doing some filming and things, and he said it's low. It's a little low. So we may be really bumping and grinding down there in the old Express, but we ready for it. One way or the other. Express boats, building excitement since 1966. All right. We have a guest today that I'm going to get to in just a minute that absolutely defines class and, and, and is the literal definition for legend in the sport of bass fishing, and I'm elated to have him on. But first, I'm going to talk about uh, the polar opposite of that, which is classless <laughs> classless internet comment commenters uh dude i've been seeing this stuff this time of year everybody's changing sponsors myself included like things change there's an ebb and flow it's business at the end of the day on the fishing on the fishing business side of fishing right sponsors change names on logos change. like it names on jerseys change it, it happens it, it it happens right and what gets me the most, and it seems like it's more and more common in the last several years, are people that will just pommel, pommel pros for changing sponsors. They pummel me over changing podcast. Like it's they, they make fun. They and and it's always like, you know, oh my God, you're you're leaving this. And and they just assume they know that the situation is great, or they assume they know. And like it's it's if it, I'll tell you what, if I leave one on my own, it's for just cause. Trust me, it's it's because I don't like who I'm associated with. I don't like who I'm representing. There's a problem there, you know. For me personally, maybe not for everybody else, but if you see me leave one. That's the case. That's the case for a lot of guys. It's not just a, somebody shakes money at you and, and you leave. Now, there's a lot of that that goes on, too, I will admit, in the sport of bass fishing. But as far as the, the pros out there on the tour, I've been seeing, like, 
Chris Saldane, I saw a post uh, last night. Wired to fish, like, hey, he's going to 13 fishing rods and reels. And, dude, people were just dumping on him, just like done. Just super negative comments about how much 13 fishing sucks. And 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 these are people that I, I don't know what they do for a 9 to 5, um, but they would, in my opinion, give their leg to not only have a company even know who they were, <laughs> But let alone call them and say, hey, man, we respect you enough to want you to fish this product, help us grow this brand, and guess what? We're going we're gonna to get you this product, but we're going to pay you money, more than likely a lot more money than even some folks make at their, their day-to-day job, right? Working hard, we're going to pay you to represent this brand. Like, people that are commenting that they wouldn't do this or they wouldn't, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. If somebody called you, you would trip over yourself. you dang wet your pants. <laughs> oh, oh, it wouldn't matter if it was somebody with a Zebco 33 calling you. Hey, man, we want you to fish the whole tour on this. We're going to pay your entry fees. Bobby, you can get, stole that from Fat Cat. You can, you can leave your job that you hate and we're going to pay. <laughs> okay. You, you wouldn't even be able to finish the sentence, okay? But now you pound away on them keys at a guy that literally is out there getting to live most of our dreams. If you, But I don't understand the negativity when it comes to that, like certain anglers. And uh, the, the I've had several folks reach out. I, Chris left, um, appears, and he hasn't announced this yet, but it appears that he's left Eagle Claw and Mega Bass as well, and he's going Googan. I've seen uh, I've seen the post. I don't think Chris has like officially announced it, but I think that uh, Turkla threw something up there. And you know those guys, it's it's the biggest brand in fishing. Love it, hate it, whatever it is, and they got the coin. And so I, I think that it's you know for him and Trait and the family financially, it's probably a really good deal for him. So uh, I. I think if you're sitting around making a meme about Chris Saldane, you wish you were Chris Saldane. <laughs> or if you're making a negative comment, like, it's just stupid. It's stupid. And, and we all know my history with uh, here recently with Turkla, but, like, I, like you can't do anything but respect um, where they're at as a brand. I mean, they have indeed taken over the sport of bass fish. Like, it's it's impressive to see what they've been able to do. Um, walk in a store, you won't not see their stuff. It's 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 crazy to see. Regardless if I disagree with how they do business at times or how they go about things, um, yeah, man, congratulations. Uh, and then I've seen people comment, you know, Jacob Wheeler posts his jersey and Guggen wasn't on there. People are losing their minds the other way. But, oh, you're not with Guggen. <laughs> okay, they probably can, like that dude. That dude can name his price at this point when you're when you're just racking them trophies up, killing it on social media, you can you can name your price. So maybe he got too high. Maybe it was a mutual decision. Maybe it's whatever. Like, it's business. Nobody's ever going to tell you in a social media post what goes on. And not to break down the fourth wall here, uh, but it is a business. It is a business. Like, people are like, oh, these guys will go do anything. Somebody pays them more money. Well, yeah, you would leave your job if another job offered you some more money, it happens every day. It happens every day. So, um, 
It's not always the case. Like I say, I, I, I think that it comes down to uh, a lot of things. I think it comes down to relationships. I think um, people leave companies, people change, the person that you worked with, or maybe that person just changes over time or the overall uh, view of the company, the values, whatever, that happens over time. So loyalty is this double-edged sword in the fishing industry. I've talked about this on here a lot, and I talk about this with a lot of my veteran veteran pro buddies that it is a good thing to be loyal to sponsors, but also like I, I am walking proof at times that I have been loyal to a fault to companies to only get burned or to know they don't have your back ultimately in, uh, in tough situations. And that sucks. And that sucks. So, uh, so just like back off, like if you think you need to comment something like that about how bad a company sucks and you can't believe, then here's the thing. I will say this. Megabass makes fan-freaking-tastic stuff. In my mind, I can't imagine giving that up. But at the same time, I know how the business works and relationships and things like that. And CZ's got a boat full of Megabass. <laughs> he good. <laughs> he'll still be slinging that mag draft. Trust me, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. And, uh, and man, the 13 fishing stuff looks good. Gerald swindles with them now. Working on some stuff. I, I have uh, I fished with some of Gerald's uh, rods and reels. I, little Trey's got some. It's, it's good stuff. So just just lay off. Lay off a little bit. And I know I'm the first to jump on the bandwagon of critiquing or giving you my opinion. The bandwagon stuff on social media is just weird, man. It's a, There's a weird obsession. And, and, like, I can promise you guys like me or especially guys like Chris Alden, he doesn't care. <laughs> like he's made in the shade, man. Like I'm out here hustling, trying to do, you know, the best I can to feed my family four different ways and, and, and doing a pretty damn good job at it, enjoying it every step of the way. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have time to, to go through and, uh, and criticize everybody's every little move on the internet. <laughs> so good for them. And good for those of you that have time to sit there and do that. I, I, I love it. I love it. Hashtag mom's basement. All right. A man that will never, ever, 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 ever go down that road. Ever. Ever. This man was one, it was the first millionaire. The first millionaire. Let that sink in. The first to win a million dollars in the sport of bass fishing. He won $1.6 million with Bassmaster. He's won almost $2 million with FLW, now MLFLW. He is entering his 45th season. He is my absolute hero in bass fishing. I mean, I'm absolutely blown away that, uh, that I get to call him a buddy, that I have got to fish around him, with him, and that I have had the pleasure of the last probably 10 years of my life getting to know this man because I never thought that would be possible. And he is the most humble legend you will ever meet. He is the general. He is Larry Nixon. We're going to get him on the phone right now as he prepares to head down to Sam Rayburn. Hello. Larry Nixon, the general. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm good, Luke. How are you today? <laughs> I'm pretty good, buddy. I'm, I'm cold in Tennessee and 
when you and I were talking about Sam Rayburn, you getting ready to go out there and you said, man, my stuff don't work as good as it used to when it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I throwed me a couple rods and reels in the lake here in the last four or five years. And uh, when it gets down there about 40 degrees and and kind of drizzly rain and your gloves get wet, nah, I got to get out of spinning rod. So, so you, I I was talking to, uh, to you yesterday, and then I was talking to our buddy Brad Knight, and he said, and you were, you were talking to me about the spinning rod deal, and Brad said you were actually throwing up at lacrosse last year in the title deal a frog on a spinning rod. Like you've adjusted a lot of your techniques to, to fit some of your injuries. <laughs> yes, I was. Um, I was having issues with my hands. Of course, that's been going on for some time, and I was throwing actually a little small uh, – uh, a little small ribbit, the Stanley ribbit. Mm-hmm. He's got a brand new little bitty small one, and I was buzzing it across them grass beds. And without any weight on it, that thing's a booger bear to throw oh, on no a rod. Yeah, no you doubt. know I'm I'm good if the wind's behind my back, but if it ain't, no, I'm gonna put it on a spinning rod and just go on. So, but you you have adjusted a lot of your stuff to spinning tackle. I know you, but you you are a you are the original dragger that's what i like to say you were dragging and shaky heading and wacky worm before it was cool before all before all these newfangled terms came out for it you are the original worm guy man for me and for everybody else like you you are um are well, you still weighing a lot of bass in on on plastics yes sir uh you know that's that's funny you say that, and I, I've always fished a spinning rod ever since when I was 16 or 17 years old with mm-hmm. an old Mitchell, and uh, and once I got into bait casting and bigger string and bigger lakes and Felita Bend and all that, I really got really good with bait casters, and, uh, but I've never forgot where I come from, and that's spinning tackle, and uh, you know, one of the very first tournaments that, uh, that I won was on Sam Rayburn Lake. It was an old U.S. bass tournament in about 79, 80, 81. Rayburn was awful. Fishing hmm. was awful. And I pulled out the spinning rod and an old cream scoundrel and an eight-pound <laughs> bed. And, of course, I didn't know how to rig it weedless. Yeah. You know, and, and me and Tommy was just kind of snatching that thing around in that grass, and I'll be dang glad to win that tournament. Unbelievable. Like, Holy cow, I can't believe I won a tournament on a jig-head worm on <laughs> Sam Rayburn. <laughs> And that was, I mean, so you're talking 78, 79, 80, right around in that. Oh, yeah. And that was before, I think, Fred Taco Bland, who I know you remember, uh, we lost oh, yeah. Taco. He, he quote, you know, the shaky head was kind of his, I, I don't want to say invention, but he really, that was kind of that Alabama shaky head, Lake Martin thing. So that was years before we would ever really see it come into mainstream uh, oh, popularity. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, that was way before Taco. Taco was probably mid eighties. That's right. Uh, when I met him, and uh, you know, he showed me how to rig it weedless, and I was like, "Boy, how stupid about you!" You're like, "Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> now I can really catch him in this grass on this old scoundrel. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a it's been an interesting uh, trip. So it, you know, it's nothing to me to switch. Uh, from a bait caster to a spinning rod. If I'm having issues with an arm or, or hands or something, I'm going to put that bait caster in a rod box and, and uh, pull out the spinning tackle, and I'll be all right. Well, I, I think now, you know, spinning rods, a lot of bass fishermen like to give other bass fishermen heck for, oh, that sissy 
that CC pole or whatever. But the, pole, the, yeah. you know, you hear it. But listen, to survive in multi-day tournaments anymore, I think you better have several of them on the deck. We see it all the time with fishing pressure, with the competition getting better and better and better. But the technology of this spin and tackle, they're lighter, the the braid, the fluorocarbon. Are you a big fan of that? I mean, that's oh, yes, sir. increased uh, everything. I, you know, as lousy as my fingers are, I know how to tie that FG knot. <laughs> by golly. Uh, it may take me a while to tie three or four of them, but I know how, and I'm going to utilize them because it's the easiest way to go. You know, heck, I've got braid on reels out there that's been on there probably four years. No kidding. Uh, oh, yeah, there ain't no sense changing braid. No. It don't rot. That's right. You know, you don't get a you don't get a whoopty whoop on it. Just tie your new leader on there and go on. My problem is I get way too many whoopty whoops. <laughs> way well, too many. <laughs> there's there's a certain braid that don't do that very often. Well, I'm gonna need you to text me what that is. <laughs> I've used I've used every braid in the whole world out there, but boy, there's they one of them that uh, if you get out there and get you about some ten or twelve, and it don't never whoop. Okay, well, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about that off the air then, Dagummit. No free plugs on low budget live but that that Are you is sponsored by anybody no i'm not so we, well, <laughs> i'm it's, not it's sunline <laughs> okay yeah yeah the the sx it's that it's that yep it's that old uh, yellow sunline okay. uh, fx um uh 12 and it does it, it's just got enough stiffness to it that the wind does not bother it okay and uh, but yet it still throws good and uh, i mean i've used all of them cigars the uh, i've used every braid out there and yeah they're softer but they also get whoopty whoops all the yeah, time and i don't like them it drives me nuts <laughs> and it doesn't matter for me some of the braids i've used whether i'm throwing a fluke on one a floating worm a wacky worm or a shake it or a drop shot it doesn't matter or winding something i'm still getting them dang whoopty whoops i'm gonna start uh, calling that from now on too i'm, I'm taking that <laughs> I've tried every single one of them, and I mean, I finally eliminated all of them. And I said, "Well, that's it. I found the one that don't mess with me, so I'm going to stick to it." You know what? I'm ordering like a thousand dollars worth of it today. <laughs> since you said that, I guarantee it. Uh, so this is you're headed into. Now I know you, you took a little break because you had some health stuff. You're you're feeling better. Last year you got back after it, made the title championship, which was your 18th one. You got 25 Bassmaster Classics, 18 Forestwood Cups, and titles. This is your 45th, by my math, 45th year professionally. What do you think about the competition now versus 10 years ago, 20 years ago? It, it, it's got to be getting harder and harder, right? Well, yes, win. It, def it, it, it definitely is getting harder to win. That's why you, you don't – you see multi-year winners occasionally, but, boy, let me tell you what, it's usually somebody that's on a big-time roll and uh because we got so many youngsters now that have grown up and they've got videos and everything they can watch and learn a whole lot quicker you know the learning curve is really short now where it was really long when i was 18 years old and, and uh you know you kind of learned off the seat of your pants back then now they already know before they get in the boat mm -hmm. and uh you know then it comes to you know just finding the fish but it's what makes it difficult to me to really do good in tournaments nowadays is I usually wind up fishing the same areas as several other people, and that's the hardest thing in the world is to find a pattern where you got it to yourself. And, you know, when I won St. Clair, I had a, I had it all to myself. I had mm -hmm. a spot all to myself. And uh, 
Well, I did share it with two guys off in the distance, but, uh, uh, you know, you can do that when you go to the Great Lakes, and you can't do it on small lakes like yes. Rayburn. I mean, Rayburn is a big lake, but it still fishes kind of small when it comes down to, to the good areas and the good water where there's grass. And uh, so, you know, the competition, they all find fish now. They do. And, you know, you wind up finding the same bass as other people, and uh, then you kind of get in a rut of, of wanting to stay day three, day four, and you know that it's about gone, but yet you haven't found anything else in practice. So, and, <laughs> you know, when I don't find anything else in practice, I have a real hard time believing <laughs> what I found. No doubt. <laughs> but you've always been good at just being a vacuum cleaner, too, I feel like, just getting the most well, out of an area. And I think that's that's what makes the veteran guys better than even the young guys that are that that know the electronics that come out. Like you said, they watch the videos, they know what to do, but sometimes they run around too much. And I, I've watched guys like you, man, just make the most of a small area for multiple days. And it's it's amazing to me to watch you guys well, work. That's you know, that's from experience and being able to utilize like a Senko, fish mm -hmm. it a lot of different ways. You know, I, yeah, I can, I, it don't bother me to throw one out there and turn my head and look around here for two or three, 20 seconds or something like that and wait on one to swim off with it and then ever pick it up and rig it on a Carolina rig. Or, uh, you know, there's so many different ways to fish good baits. And a lot of times that's what I do is just work my way through each and every day of a fish is thinking. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say thinking, but uh, the daily pattern. Mm -hmm. That is that is the whole trick to bass fishing. Every day, figure out that daily pattern. And it changes. And, uh, if they ain't biting, change your change your technique, change your crank, buzz. Uh, you know, just just figure out what that day is calling for. No doubt about it, and especially multi day events. We I talk about it a lot. You know, one day events, you can get fortunate. You can land on them on one honey hole you know what i mean get you a big bag oh, off yeah. of an offshore spot or something but in a in a multi-day deal it kind of separates the men from the boys in that consistency matters changing conditions you got to be able to adapt and a guy like you that's had such a an amazing career you were the first millionaire you've won over a million dollars almost two million with flw over a million with bass you've been able to do that and you did it before it's so funny to think about the mapping technology alone that we have now between Google Earth, these map. I mean, and you were structure fishing, Larry. Like I, I've read these articles. I grew up reading you on Toledo Bend, and and learn. And it, and it was like daunting to me to think about being out there in the middle of that big old lake, dragging a worm around on some road bed that you know what I mean, or standing timber, or whatever. And now we show up at a lake, and you're like, oh, there's that channel swing right there. There's that point. There's that high spot. You can look at it in five minutes. But you still are just right there all the time, man. It, it's it's uh, it's got to be cool for you to see. For me, for me, if I'm you, I got to be patting myself on the back, going, "They ain't got nothing on me." Because <laughs> they, don't, man, I just you you had been sitting out. Me and Brad and I talked about it yesterday. He goes, "I don't even think Larry realizes." what we all think about him and how much we respect him and, and the fact that he just shows back up and makes the championship. <laughs> so he said, he, goes, he just rolls up, I nah, made the championship again, no big deal, guys. <laughs> amazing, man. Even with all the changes, oh, you've seen uh, it all. It's amazing. 
Yeah, well, I've seen it all. You know, back in the day there, and we, like you say, it, it was painstaking slow to figure out lots of times how to fish that deep water and where the fish was. But when you got a paper map, you just do a lot of idling with a flasher and you find them little unique spots and you ain't got no GPS. <laughs> got to line you know, up. Got to get triangulated. You ain't got no GPS to come back to that sucker. You better have a lot of good marks and uh, lineups and, uh, you know, there's many a times I even had to fish my way into finding that sweet spot uh, yep. after I'd done found it once before. And uh, But th- th- that was from patience and experience on Toledo Bend. And, uh, you know, it just taught me that 99% of the time most of the fish are out there. And, uh, you know, with the exception of spring and post-spawn and then again sometimes in the fall. But there is always, always schools of fish out there to be found. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and fortunately, David Fritz and Mark Davis, <laughs> myself, Tommy Martin, you know, they were, they were all masters at that. And, yep. and we had the lake to ourselves, Paul Elias, to name another yep, one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Clun was very, very painstakingly slow, and he would he figured it out, too. He would fish deep. Uh, but most of them, no, no. If they couldn't hit the bottom of that rod tip, they wasn't going out there. <laughs> The Hank Parkers and the Browers, and they're, they're up there, and Guido's up there beating, right. the, beating the dirt. Yeah. And it worked yeah, for it them. Was... It worked for them, too. But, man, you guys were – I remember the Tennessee River when I was a kid, 10, 12 years old, so 20-something years ago, before everybody had mapping, before everybody had side scan, before – just my dad and I out there fishing offshore bars and things off of paper maps and stuff he had grown up fishing. And it's so crazy to see – how it's evolved and how smart the fish are now. Uh, Is that something that you think, are we, I guess my question is, are we headed in the right direction with all this stuff? Cause it's a constant topic of with the forward facing sonar and the mapping. Do you think fishing is getting harder as we get better and better technology? I really think what, what the issue here is, is more and more fish are getting caught. And they're getting they're getting uh, schooled, you might say, mm-hmm. to uh, to depth finders noise, big motor noise, uh, n- numbers of fishermen. Uh, you can see it when you watch bass on your live scope or your active target. Mm-hmm. I use the active target, of course, but you can see it when you throw to a fish and he doesn't react on it. But yet you throw to that same fish and drop it straight on his old noggin. Sometimes he can't stand it. That's right. You that's know, right. that's that that's that tripping his trigger bite and uh uh but that's part of that's part of video fishing. You yep. just got to learn to do that and uh uh but it makes it more difficult because there is so many more fishermen doing that and uh I think they get a little wary. I've had fish kind of run for my my hickey here lately. And, <laughs> yeah, hey, I have to <laughs> when I hit them with that when I hit them with that scope, whether they're a bass or not. Uh, sometimes they just kind of shag it, you know. Listen, we were at Smith Lake for the Bassmaster Open in October, and those jokers, if you got within about 100 feet of them, those spots, they were suspended out over like 100 feet of water, chasing herring and, and stuff suspended. And listen, there were there were two or three guys made the top 10 doing it. They were so unbelievably hard to catch once the all the – because I, I live close, so I'd been down there pre-fishing, and you could get those fish to bite. If you got within 100 feet of those fish – once the, all the boats got to running around, they wouldn't eat. So and you'd That's cast right. and they would go the other way. They'd be off your screen. It was incredible to watch. And it's the first time I've really seen that 
since all the forward facing stuff came out and I'm like, uh Oh, <laughs> maybe we're not headed in a good direction here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to still fish the way I fish. I'm not going to live and die with forward facing sonar. I'm going to utilize it when it's possible. And then if I'm in, if I'm in water, skinny water or something like that, I reach down there and turn that sap yep. off. I don't want it blowing no beam out away from my boat. I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, I'm just old school and that's me. Uh, I still, I'm too old. I'm not saying you can't train an old dog. I'm just saying I'm too old to train myself to rely on that thing. I've fished by the seat of my pants for 45 years and I ain't about to quit. Yeah. Yes. But you, you have adopted it though. You got one on the boat and you do like oh, it. Oh yes, sir. And I've got her tuned up where I can, I can go look at crappie and watch them run from my bait too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to tell you now, them crappie are getting smart too. Now. Yeah, they, they are. No yeah, but, uh, they're the ones really suffering from the from the forward facing because they get the sides knocked off of them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, it's been fun learning everything that's come along, come down the pike. I, I really don't care for forward facing sonar at all, but that's me, and I'm, I'm, you know, that's me and being being jealous of it. I guess you could say because I can't. You know, I'm just not going to do that and throw away everything I know. I can't do it. I won't never catch another bass. Well, I, uh, but, you, and I won't. I won't. I would never make another cup if I relied on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. My spinning rod and, and my instincts is going to have to carry me through, and uh, that's that's what I'm going to fish for. Well, I was going to say you've got more intuition and instinct between your ears. Than all the live scopes put together, <laughs> and, well, and I would take then, that over that live scope. I'll be honest. <laughs> every now and then, I feel like I'm forgetting something, and I know I am because when you get old, you get that CRS disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hunt, I hunt all over my shop every now and then for that young bottle of water that I just opened five minutes ago. <laughs> so, as you enter this 45th season, are you? Still, I mean, talking to you, I feel like you're just as passionate as you were on the first day. I mean, you wouldn't be doing it if because you, you could ride off in the sun, man. You a bass fishing millionaire. Larry Nixon ain't got to be doing this, so you you still have to be as passionate as day one, aren't you? You uh, love you know, it. I, you know, I love it. You know, and them kids like Brad Knight and uh, Dylan Hayes and and some of them kids that just go out of their way to make me feel good, speak to me, and uh, be nice and. Uh, you know, and then I get to fish six days. What well, crap fire? Why would I want to quit? Yeah. You know, yeah. as long as I can launch that boat and one of them kids can carry me out there and I can go fit practice and fish the tournament and, and somebody can back me in if I'm having an issue, then I'm going to be there. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt about it. So no plans for, for retiring anytime soon then. We're going to see I 50 talk, seasons. I talk about it. I talk about it. Luke, every year, over the last three years, I've thought, man, I've got no business out there with these kids. And then I make the cup last year. And then this year, I said, well, COVID's here. Nobody's going to get be able to get motors. We can't get depth finders. Heck with it. I mean, I'm just going to retire and keep my boat. And then all of a sudden, Bass Pro says, no, that ain't happening now. We're going we're gonna to do something here. And Yamamoto steps up and uh, you know, they all, <laughs> Laurent steps up and says, we'll get you depth finders. And I said, well, about January, I ordered a boat. <laughs> you said, <laughs> forget retiring. 
I've still got my old one. So right now I'm set to go and uh, I'll have my new one by the middle of the month next month. And uh, anyway, here I go another year. Here we go. Well, listen, I am very proud to know you. I am proud that uh, I get to be in a bass fishing world that you're in because I don't want to be in it if you're not in it anymore. So please <laughs> keep going because you make things better. Uh, I, I'm telling you, you uh, I, I said it before, it's an honor to have you on here. It's been an honor getting to know you over the years, man. It's uh, it's a pleasure. I told my dad one of the first ones. I run in jokes. So for those of y'all listening and watching, I work for TH Marine, obviously. Everybody knows that. And Larry had seen me. I, I worked the service crew working on jack plates a few times. And when I, I fished as a co-angler and I qualified to fish out of the front and at the first tournament, I'm at the meeting and Larry goes, hey, I came by the service tra- trailer and you weren't there. I need my jack plate worked out. So that became our running joke for years. He's like, hey, this jack plate's not working right. He can see me fishing the spot. And that just get in my head, man. I'd have to pull a patrol motor and leave. <laughs> But that's something I'll never forget. You know, my dad heard you give me a hard time one time. He goes, hey, I don't know if you know this or not, but the general is just giving you a ration of crap, and I like it. <laughs> he said, it kind of makes me proud of you. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Larry Nixon can give me a hard time. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Luke. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, as long as long as everything's cool and, and, and uh, I'm still doing all right and ain't falling in the lake, Oh, here's, I want to give everybody a quick tip now. <laughs> One of my older buddies, and he ain't much older than me, but he's about my age the other day. He stumped his toe going up on the back deck. Well, he went right out over mm. the back end. And he, of course, had somebody up at the other end fishing. Well, when he went down, he had coveralls on, <sighs> rain gear on, boots on. Mm. And he, he come up one time, but he was under the boat. And the boy in the front, believe me, if he hadn't been younger and a good swimmer, my buddy would have been gone. Because when when Mike dove in the lake and went down where Frank was, and he is like, where is he, you know? And he mm. kind of stealth around him, and all he felt was a hood of his jacket because his oh, feet had already sucked him down. Wow. And he pulled him to the top. So my, my story here is, uh, as bad as you hate him, get you an inflatable jacket because yes. when the water's when the water's cold and you're dealing with wind, you're dealing with current, uh, anything that can suck you away from that boat right quick, you better have one of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I bought me one last year just to carry to the St. Lawrence River because I said, you know what? If I fall in that river, 16-mile air current, my boat's going to be gone before yep. I can blink my eyes. That's right. That's right. And uh, so wear your life jacket boys when it's cold and men and women and everybody else yeah always you know what i mean like in the inflatables a lot of they get a a bad rap from people at times but man just having that thing around your neck when you're moving and going and up on the front i mean you just never know i i fell in one time in the summer on the hudson river and and it was in august and a bassmaster opened up there and uh and I had bibs on, and I'd taken my jacket off, and those bibs filled up a freaking water. And yes, listen, sir. I'm talking about if my co-angler hadn't have been paying attention in the current up there, I'd have been in a shape. And uh, that's I slipped right off the front of the boat, kind of got my – went to cast under some trees, and you know how you prop your foot up on the side of the oh, boat. Yeah. You know, you get all focused. And my foot just, just – it had been pouring rain, and it just stopped, and I slipped right off in the front. Man, I couldn't swim. 
for my, I mean, I just filled up with water. It felt like I was being pulled, you know, with anchors on your dang feet. And uh, it was crazy. But, and then that, and those bills become like a parachute too, right? When you're swimming, trying yes, to, sir. they're just holding you back. So yeah, that's, that's great advice on the life jacket, man. Especially this time of year, you're right. Bring extra clothes too is another one. Always have some hey. spares in the boat. <laughs> Yes, because uh, that strip hypothermia on, strip is... off the wet stuff and put you on some dry stuff. Yes, quick. But and even then, you got to go in because you you're going to get hypothermia yes. if it's 45, 50 degrees outside. No doubt about it. The boat ride will get you. Yes, it will for sure. I think they say you got uh, under fifty five degrees. You got five minutes. The five 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 rule. Under fifty five degrees, and that and and you think, well, that's not that cold. Yeah, that's pretty cold on your body if you're in that water for that long. Uh, well, Larry, I appreciate everything you've done for the sport. I appreciate you coming on, and I wish you the best of luck down there. Just make sure you beat Brad Knight's butt and tell him right to his face that you did it, please, and he'll just he'll just cry like a schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Slap him I on the hind end and say, hey, old boy, I got you again. <laughs> I still harass him over that tarp he wound up in his prop up there. Uh, lacrosse oh yeah and that was a, that was the funniest thing i ever seen he just drove me right up on the trailer towing the tarp around in the parking lot and i was like man i gotta get a picture hey brad brad i don't know if you know this about brad or not larry but he doesn't really care <laughs> he, he, his give a damn is broken more times than it ain't <laughs> and i like it we need well, more right, of that buddy. in the world <laughs> all right larry nixon it, be larry. safe buddy thank you larry you. all right there he is the legend, the general. Uh, and if I was fumbling and bumbling around and giddy like a school kid, that's how I am every time I'm around Larry. So right there was a, a snapshot into our uh, <laughs> into our relationship. Is me just like, tell us another story, Uncle Larry. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Good stuff on an LBL right there on a cold, cold January 24th. Hope all of you are doing well out there. Uh, really appreciate each and every one of you that tune in every week. Uh, I, I mean that more than ever. Uh, the loyalty, the support, uh, man, the kind words, like well wishes last week when I talked about being sick, that that matters in life. And uh, and I know I went on a rant about negativity but uh, earlier, but, man, the positivity I get from this show, from you guys, the low lifers, it's, it's impressive. It really is, and it does not go unnoticed, and uh, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. Out of breath. Huh. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I'll probably be recording a little early before I leave to go to Florida. The podcast for next week got a pretty good one lined up there as well. Uh, and you guys will be listening to that one while I'm down there practicing at Toho. Got to start rigging rods. Fixing to go do that right now. Take care out there. Be sure to hug your mama, hug your daddy. I'm gonna take you out with some Biloxi blues. Thanks again to Larry Nixon, and thanks to each and every one of you guys. And I'll see y'all next time. See Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat that could ever be a friend of mine the summer heat never treats me kind it leaves trouble on my mind so i'm bidding farewell putting in my notice and i'll see you at another time
Does not know my name and I don't care no more. 